deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. I'd like to it be if you know the call for if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see. Hello and welcome to the Streetcast. I'm your host, ZZ. And I'm Liz. And Liz, uh, this this past week um, has been a big one for Harry Potter. Uh, this was the 20th question mark anniversary of the first book being published really i thought it was chamber of secrets or maybe it's chamber you know we can just say it's for the first book because chamber of secrets i've decided doesn't count chamber of secrets didn't happen sure i'm sure i'm sure we'll never talk about chamber (laughs) of secrets again i'm sworn to silence (laughs) i'm not allowed to reference it or bring it up uh in any context so we will we will never we will never make jokes about toilet basilisk or spider eyelids Mm-mm. or uh anagrams none of that uh this is a serious podcast now uh and no chamber of secrets content that being Great. said someone who did want to honor the chamber of secrets release i guess is big box store target brand <laughs> i guess like an event quote unquote for for this, this anniversary thing there's a target near me i went to it um and it was I would say that beyond my wildest dreams is a good way to put to put this event. Yeah, did you get a lot of merch? Well, y- <laughs> yeah, I kind of did because okay. So let me set the stage here. You walk into the store and there's a uh, you hear faintly in the distance from what sounds like I'm assuming someone's iPhone uh, the Harry Potter theme on repeat. Uh, and and you follow you follow that sweet sweet music and you come across beautiful just helping out exactly mm-hmm. yeah no setting the stage it is it, it's perfect right because you know, you're following this beautiful music uh-huh, to uh-huh. um uh, a makeshift platform nine and three quarters in the clothing section of target uh <laughs> where they have a big cardboard doorway that nobody is walking through because it looks like it's designed for children, which I guess it probably was. Um, but I think they forgot that everyone who like grew up with Harry Potter is old like us now. Uh-huh. Uh, so no one was using this door. And there was a guy there. Uh, uh, I'm assuming who was chosen to, to be the, the greeter because he had glasses. Oh, was it Harry? Yeah. So like, Oh, you're, you're, you're Harry. You have glasses. His hair was about, I don't know. A foot longer than Harry's ever was, but but you know close enough. Uh, and he was doing uh, he's doing his you know God bless him. Someone told him to do an English accent. And are you sure? Maybe he just really he was really going for it. Uh yeah. He, he was a target employee. Is that correct? Yes. Oh yeah. This okay. was someone who drew the drew the short straw. I think. Uh, sure. Yeah. And and was told you're you're on Harry <laughs> Potter duty. Uh, and you need to do the accent and you have glasses, so it'll look good anyway. Anyway, so in front of me was a kid who uh, was with his parents and he seemed like he had been very excited for this event because he was wearing like a Harry Potter, like, like school robe um, over uh, a Minecraft you, you t-shirt. Were, you were wearing your uh, Hurtwood House robe, correct? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I was I was sure. repping Hurtwood House. Absolutely. Um and this kid looked really upset because this all that was in this like clothing section thing was like a table with the DVDs on and <laughs> uh, some shirts. And they did they did actually have some like new, I guess, like Harry Potter related shirts. They had like house shirts and stuff. They did not have a Ravenclaw one or a Hurtwood House one left. Wow. So that was a bust. 
Um, but that was like all that was there in that first section. I was like, oh, I thought there was more than this because Target was pushing this pretty hard, like on their website and on Twitter and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. This kid was very upset looking. Uh, but I guess as a consolation prize, I hope it, I hope it consoled him. Uh, the free goodies that were advertised were, and I have, I have them here. I have a Ravenclaw crest coloring book page. Oh wow! Um, I have a Hogwarts luggage tag. Um, great. Uh, and I have a where is it? I have a, a my very real um Hogwarts acceptance letter from Professor McGonagall. Oh, so you're going to Hogwarts. Well, so here's the thing. Uh, I I am going to Hogwarts, although I'm going to need to 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 check with, with the Hogwarts office, I guess, because the signature here s- appears to say M. Gongal. <laughs> uh, I don't see an A. No way. <laughs> M. Gongal. I'll... I'll, I'll I'll post it on Twitter and people can can val- can can decide. I guess to me it looks like it says M Gongal, who who is an imposter. I, uh, you know, I, I you I, know I, Professor McGonagall has to sign so many letters, um, especially considering that uh, you know uh, there's probably higher enrollment than than in in the '90s where the Harry Potter books are are set uh where there is low enrollment so so she has to like sign a lot of letters and that's you know i think she's just banging them out real fast so i i say cut her cut her a break here that's true well here's the thing though she you know she has a lot of these letters to send out but this one is typewritten and i did not know that that professor mcgonagall had a typewriter um Hmm. so figured that would have you know saved some of the time uh uh, that that would have been spent writing all these letters, but uh, but but uh, I'll double check. It says that they expect my owl note later. Uh, yeah, I, I'm surprised that uh, I'm surprised that you're going to travel so far to go to Hogwarts and not go to uh, a little more local school, Ilvermorny. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, you know how it is. You kind of just apply everywhere and and, and, sure. and go or go where you get accepted. You know, I, I, yeah, I, yeah. That's the problem. Is is uh, Hogwarts has low enrollment. So it's easier to get into. <laughs> I'll just take anyone. No offense. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, so thank you to Professor McGongall. Um, and then this was all all wrapped up for me very nicely in a uh, a tote bag that mm-hmm. was from, appears to be from the pre-order bonus for Lego Harry Potter for the Xbox 360. What? Yeah. So... I don't think they like came up with any new stuff for this giveaway. I think they had a bunch of stuff on a truck somewhere, uh, and they said we need to get rid of some of this Harry Potter crap, uh, and and hosted this event. And and this was for the twentieth anniversary of Chamber of Secrets. Yes. Or is this I, or is this just a promo in disguise for Crimes of Grindelwald? There was no Fantastic Beast stuff there at all. Bizarre. Huh. Like nothing, because the other half of this was was so after I I got my 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 stuff from the guy doing the fake English accent and and everything, I he told me like you know on the other side of the store uh, they're doing the sorting ceremony, uh, and I was like neat this I got to see, uh, yeah. so I went to the other side, and in the toy section there was this other booth that had been set up like in the middle of one of the aisles next to where all the like Harry Potter Funko stuff is. Mm-hmm. And they had a sorting hat, like a toy, like like a toy sorting hat plushie thing. 
Um, but, and there was like a couple of kids there. Uh, the sorting ceremony was not performed. This, this, again, I, I, I am not judging the employees of Target for this. You could not pay me enough to do this, like, <laughs> uh, to like, perf- like do a fake accent and like do the sorting ceremony for random kids in Fortnite and Minecraft t-shirts. Um, but like, she was just like asking what house they wanted and giving them the, the like poster that they wanted. And that was it. Uh, um, and then I, like, when they they were gone, I, like, asked her, like, like, has this been a big thing? And she was like, no, like, no one's, no one's been through. And then I asked a very important question was, do you have the 10-inch Dobby Funko Pop? <laughs> and? And no, she did not have it. Um, she did not have the, the, the Dobby Funko Pop then. Can you, can you uh, describe the look on her face when you asked her that? She or is she just exactly, such a professional? She, such a no, professional. She knew, she knew exactly what I was talking about. And she was like, no, like we usually get the Funko Pops in on Mondays. So so check back then. Um, oh. And so so I do want to go back because if we get enough, if we get enough Patreon bucks, I think we do need to get the the 10 inch Dobby for an unboxing video or something. Cause oh, he's, beautiful. Sure. he's beautiful. He's yeah. beautiful. Um and then she gave me, uh, she was like, do you want a poster? And I was like, sure. And and she gave me a poster from the PlayStation 3 version of Lego Harry Potter, years one through four. You're kidding. So No, I'm not. I can show, <laughs> I can show you all this. I can, next time we hang out, I can show you this incredible merch we got. Wow. Um, from from Lego Harry Potter pre-order bonuses from like five or six years ago, whenever those games came out. Um, so that was my little field trip. I was I was expecting. Well, here's the thing. I was expecting it either to be way more lavish or mm-hmm. way less lavish. This was like right in the middle where I, I they had like clearly put some effort into it, but not enough to make anyone involved. Like care and i i just felt so bad for like the like the target people who were like having to run these booths because i mean you're already getting you know what paid paid minimum wage to work at target or whatever and then your boss comes in and says okay now it's time for you to do a fake english accent and like entertain children for an entire day like that just fucking sucks right like yeah, I feel like that's either just the worst day of your life, or at least like maybe something that that breaks up kind of the monotony a little bit. True. And is maybe yeah. like you know you wake up on that day and you're like, I'm Harry Potter today. So that's <laughs> it's it's something different. Today is a new day. I'm Harry Potter. I'm running. I'm running the sorting ceremony today. Uh, I'm yeah. Professor M. McGongal. Um, <laughs> so that was an adventure. Um, but uh, but far away, far away from 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 this little burg where uh, where this Harry Potter convention was going down, there was a much bigger Harry Potter event going down in Anaheim. Comic Con's in Anaheim, right? Or is it in L.A.? I don't remember. Um, I have no it's, idea. It's in California. Um, but the uh, the WB Fantastic Beasts presentation was this was this past weekend. And boy, howdy, do we have a lot to talk about here? Yeah. Uh, so much that I think we're going to be splitting this into two sections because so, they did show the new trailer for the movie. I think we're going to we're going to 
table that until later on we're going to talk about the like the meat and potatoes of like the actual presentation right yeah yeah and this this presentation was a fever dream (laughs) it really was what's your like like at 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 a moments like 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 prompting here what was what is the number one image that you carry away from this um you know i want to say that it's ezra dressed as toadette but honestly it's i'm shocked that johnny depp was there i like that his his ghastly uh like coming out to do his speech and like people cheering and i felt like i was in the twilight zone of of like this is framed as a good thing giving his like his weird in-character speech as the surprise (laughs) in character but also like clearly not a hundred percent just in character right like it was ghoulish honestly like like (laughs) i guess i guess this is the biggest thing we should start with this because i like the rest is all kind of funny compared to this so let's start with the like the the heavy shit out of the way yeah yeah uh johnny depp came out on stage in costume as a surprise uh at the harry potter presentation amber heard was backstage for this she was on like the next panel Uh, yeah so that's fucking a lot right um but uh so he comes out and he and the first thing he says i've been mulling this over for days now and i still don't understand what it means the gift of your applause is not for me but for yourselves Mm. what does that mean i don't i don't know what that means um this whole thing like he he goes on talk like there's some in character stuff about how like oh you know i don't hate muggles blah 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 like this would be weird no matter what this is this no matter even if this was like colin farrell doing this you know if this was any actor that didn't have the like current baggage of johnny depp performing this having wizard hitler come out on stage to like (laughs) give an ideological like tirade (laughs) you know like like i think you could maybe get away with like darth vader coming out at a star wars panel and like waving his lightsaber around and like saying some threatening stuff i think that's removed enough that it would be fine if you had like emperor palpatine come on stage and like say like uh only humans are allowed in the empire and we're going to (laughs) systematically wipe out the ewoks and the jar jars and the 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 boffins and 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 the jedi like like that would be a little weirder right and that's what grindelwald is you know yeah it's it's so incredibly uh tone deaf and seeing it framed as as the like fun surprise and then he marches out and and says his his hitler speech but then on top of it being johnny depp it's just i it's a good parallel honestly to um the fantastic beast the first movie i felt because i had the exact same feeling when johnny depp was the surprise as i did (laughs) when colin farrell became johnny depp as if that meant anything to me yeah 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 like 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 wb and jk and i guess david yates like still think that, that it's cool like that oh we got johnny depp like who cares he'll do anything like he did he did that Mordecai movie like a like a year before <laughs> Fantastic Beasts like get like he's not a it's not even like 
like not that this would be a good excuse but like like for me for me like studio standpoint i could imagine you know if there was a, a an actor who was like in hot water or something but it was like you know a really really big current well-respected actor who's just so fucking good in everything i could see like well that sucks but like i guess you know you got them this is johnny depp johnny depp is like like a human trash can who will who will <laughs> accept any role for a peanut like like you could tell johnny depp that you'd buy him the new Marilyn manson album and he'll like take a starring role in in your movie like he was in that like i said the mordecai movie he was he voiced the lizard in rango he did that movie the tourist where he was like on a speedboat chase like at five miles an hour in venice with with angelina jolie like johnny depp isn't a big name anymore no one cares no one likes him he doesn't do good work there's not even like a inkling of of like the kind of conflict that a lot of people have with you know these artists and and stuff who 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 have you know controversies where you know i could at least sympathize somewhat with fans who are like oh this artist like their work still means a lot to me and Mm -hmm. i have to you know process that through this you know this this controversy whereas no it's fucking johnny depp who cares there are people in the, like there are people on the internet who like apparently think that he like there's those tweets that go around like from like johnny depp fans brazil where it's like oh he's just the most beautiful creature and they like show a picture of him where he looks like he hasn't slept for five days you know like, <laughs> yeah i i do wonder if and this is just a, a new theory that i'm gonna i'm gonna throw out here because i would say that here at the shriek shrieking shack we might be a little bit far removed from the most diehard harry potter fans uh do you think that's fair yeah i'd say so what if their reaction was like about grindelwald and not about johnny depp because he came out in character right and it's like sure. it would be it would be like oh harry potter is here right like yeah but it's like oh grindelwald that character i know you know yeah i could see like like i said i'd say that's like the charitable read to like the audience reaction you know like a they're just excited that a character they like is there god knows why but you know sure uh or b and i I like like this is less believable now i think but like maybe they just don't know like maybe they watch like three movies a year and they don't really follow like the news and like they're just like oh the parts of the caribbean guy is here i like him you know it's jack sparrow jack sparrow's in harry potter willy wonk is here where where's the rum gone johnny depp i don't know (laughs) I've got a jar of dirt. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's just a lot of fan. No, or, or it's like it's <laughs> it's people who who respect his like really early like art house cinema work. Like like they're Harry Potter fans, but also they're big fans of Dead Man and and Ed Wood. And they're like, ah, yes, mm, Johnny Depp. I love him. I I can't wait to see his star turn in the Crimes of Grindelwald. <laughs> I think that's what it is. Yeah, they just they they've been in like they've been cryogenically frozen since 1993, and so they just don't know that Johnny Depp's in hot water. And they're like, ah, Edward Scissorhands is here. I love his films. <laughs> what was that movie? The, the musical that he was in that I had to watch in in like high school. 
because all my friends cared about it. Oh, like, Sweeney Todd's. Yeah, Sweeney Todd's. Todd's. Here, any, any, any Sweeney Todd fans in the audience? <laughs> oh, I'm sure they were. Okay, here's the thing. Like, you remember how much makeup he was in for Sweeney Todd and how ridiculous uh-huh. he looked? Yeah. That's just what he looks like now. Like, that's just yeah. what Johnny Depp looks like naturally now. It's really depressing. <laughs> oh, my God. So... And and I guess like to cap this all off, the reason I thought thought this was the most slimy is that like the 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 quote unquote in character speech he gave was all about like, oh, we're the ones who know the real truth, who who stand by the truth and blah blah blah. And you're like, okay, we know what you're talking about, Johnny. Like, like this mm-hmm. is yeah yeah yeah. It's is... slimy. It's gross. Uh... He shouldn't have been there. I'm honestly surprised that that WB didn't just want to sweep him under the rug. Right. Um, I, I, I it just seems like a disaster. But I guess I guess it makes sense that they would just go on and pretend pretend. Didn't I say that they're just going to pretend nothing happened and I, yeah, everything I think is if you fine. Go back and listen. Yeah, if you listen to our predictions on this, I think you were 100 percent correct. They're just. <sighs> Yeah. Full steam ahead, you know? Yeah, which is a bummer since my other prediction was that uh, Johnny Depp was going to be there and then morph into Colin Farrell. He was going to step out of his skin <laughs> and wish- be Colin Farrell. Oh, it would have been so much better if, like, like that whole in-character speech had happened and then, like, a zipper <laughs> appeared, like, at the top of his head and, like, Colin Farrell <laughs> climbed out was like, surprise, it's me. <laughs> it's me, Graves. And then everyone, you know, oh, that character I know. This is Woo! so shocking. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but that was that. So that was like the the gross, weird, like denouement to all this. The rest of the panel, even without this, would have been been like patently fucking insane. Yeah. Uh, so one, I guess it's just like not even like a, a spoiler or a twist or anything that like Credence is just back, right? Like, oh yeah, they were yeah. Uh, He's fine, I guess. Um, not sure what the whole point of the first movie was. I, I mean, I, to be fair, there wasn't a whole lot of a point to begin with. Um, right. But I'm not, it, it just seems to undermine the entire first movie that he's, he's fine. And now he's a bad guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Especially the part where he's the bad guy. Yeah. Like, like, so no growth at all, I guess. No, no reason for the ending. Like so that's weird he was there in a toadette costume which means that we got to see the word toadette on the official pottermore website which made me feel like i was having a stroke yeah many many times um do, do we know what that was about i think that ezra miller is just a just a goofy fun-loving gamer guy hey, good, you know good for him me too yeah uh well because also so th- I, I want I wanted to lead with Ezra Miller after the Johnny Depp thing because in the in the panel one of the questions they like all the ask, actors were asked were like you know if magic was real what would you wish for or whatever and and his answer was like I would destroy the patriarchy oh yeah yeah uh, which like great haha uh, like Johnny Depp's here dude like <laughs> you can't forget you can't pretend you can't do this you can't do well, the like woke an- yeah well he if he had magic he would do it. That's true. He doesn't have. Uh, magic. He does not have magic, so he he's just gonna kind of go along with it. <laughs> is the um, thing. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and Jacob, I can't remember the actor's name for some reason. He said that he would impeach Trump. So there was just like a <laughs> lot of real fucking good zingers here. Ah, uh, yeah. This thing. Good um, stuff. Just real good stuff. Uh, this was, I will say, 
this was this was a really funny event to watch because it was in stark contrast to what they did at the last um fantastic beasts comic con announcement which was the one where it was just a panel discussion and jk rowling was there and got asked about gay dumbledore and made that funny face that we we have the gif of so i'm i'm sure that like someone at wb was like okay we have johnny depp coming he's not going to answer any questions he's not gonna be on the panel we're not gonna have jk there nobody who can say anything uh that would get us in like any kind of trouble can can be on stage uh and so it was just like this really squeaky clean weird like like professionally done panel thing which i mean good for them i guess it's just it's surrounded by so much bullshit now that yeah i I can't uh, yeah i mean it was absurdly squeaky clean like what what was what did they talk to eddie redmayne about like he said like if he could play any other character it would be hagrid because hagrid loves animals too yeah and and there was like that weird thing where there was a guy in like newt scamander cosplay yeah that was introducing him or or whatever it's yeah and and like 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 eddie redmayne gave like a ted talk at this thing like like (laughs) like there's a really good photo of it on the pottermore website where it just looks like he's revealing the new iphone or something and that was like the feel that this whole thing had which is very slickly produced like press conference thing as opposed to the the like actual q a that they did last time um yeah eddie redmayne is is funny i think he does a good job I, I will say, uh, from what I've seen in the first movie, every time I hear him talk about Newt, it seems like he never get like the one thing he knows about him is that he likes animals, and it never <laughs> is anything else. Which, which is funny, since I feel like uh, this is what going to be a five film series. Is God, that right? Apparently, yeah, that's the plan. I think the first one was barely about animals. The second one has some, but I presume is going to be even less about animals. Yeah, I don't know at all what Fantastic Beasts has to do with with like the movie that they're showing. It's it's it, like every trailer is just focused on like Dumbledore telling him you got to go get Grindelwald. Well, yeah, because you know the the real beast is the the, the beast of humanity. Yeah, the most oh. dangerous creatures of all humans. That's right, that's what right. that's what he says. Yeah. Uh, can we talk about Jude Law and his like weird pajamas that he was wearing at this thing? Sure. Uh, yeah. Jude Law was there as Dumbledore, or you know, he is Dumbledore. He wasn't in character like Johnny Depp was. Um, he is playing younger Dumbledore and mm-hmm. uh, appears to have in real life adopted like like later movie Dumbledore's wardrobe. <laughs> like everyone else at this thing was just i would say like like normal famous person jude law was just wearing a like pinstripe suit that looked like it had been through the like tumble dryer recently like completely open and he was like sitting at the edge of the panel like kind of leaning back the whole time i i think that if I don't know whether there's some like behind the scenes stuff where like he didn't enjoy working on the movie or whatever. Jude Law just seemed kind of pissed the whole time. Uh, he also had that line about like, like Dumbledore still has some secrets or whatever. We know what that means. Um, <laughs> you know, like it was just awkward whenever he was the, like the focus of attention. Um, I, I don't know. Like, like this whole thing was, was very strange to watch. Yeah. I don't really blame him. 
Uh, no, I would probably no, also show up in pajamas and be yeah, pissed off. Yeah. So I, I can, <laughs> I can probably identify the most with with that. Yeah, it's just like I don't know. Especially after seeing the trailer, I don't know what the fuck this movie is going to be. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I mean, we'll get more into the trailer stuff at the end, but I, it sure just kind of looks like it sucks a little bit. <laughs> it sh- yes, absolutely, one hundred percent. There was the 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 last the last rounds of questioning was was one word to describe the film. So Jude Law said big. Eddie said labyrinthine. Thank you, Eddie. Uh, Calum said dangerous. I mean, I guess that's true. It is. I mean, you do have Johnny Depp there. He could punch any (laughs) of the cast members at any at any point. Who knows? Ezra says perturbing. Again, agreed. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I am perturbed. It's true. Alice, Allison Sudol said bananas. (laughs) (laughs) Which Allison Sudol, if you're listening to the streetcast, please come on. And tell us all about uh, how bananas the movie is. I can't I wait agree. for how bananas this movie is going to be. I, I think gonna, that's probably she, the most true. We, we'll we get into our predictions later, but I cannot wait to see how she uses her sexy powers in this one. It's going to be even better than the first one. Absolutely. <sighs> well, that's Fantastic Beats. Can we talk about a good Harry Potter thing? Yes, please, God, let us talk about our reading this week. Yes. Um, so going right into it, I'll start with summarizing chapter seven, which is the Boggart in the wardrobe. How do you pronounce Boggart? I have I have a I hard was, time Boggart. <laughs> uh, I remember um, uh, Jim Dale. D- Jim Dale. Why? Yeah. Why did I have a problem with that? Jim Dale would always say Boggart or bo- Boggart. Like, Boggart. Like, <laughs> like like I always read it like Humphrey Bogart, but it it is double G, so Boggart, I guess. Let it rip. Yeah, so jumping right into it, uh, we're back, and Malfoy's back in classes for double potions with Harry, Ron, and Hermione. And in that scene, he drops the clue that he also thinks that Harry might go after Sirius. Or rather, he sa- he says, like, if I were you, I would go after him. And Harry's like, what, what the hell are you talking about? But they don't. He doesn't say. So he knows something that Harry doesn't know about Sirius. Snape is a huge asshole to Neville in class, which is probably the first time we've really seen that. He threatens to feed Neville's failed potion to his toad, saying that, you know, if it works, the the toad will shrink. But if not, the toad will die. And that's sad. Hermione helps Neville, though, and then Snape takes points off. And he's just he's just a real jerk. After the class Ron and Harry are are talking and Hermione appears to teleport behind them and they say, how'd you do that? And, you know, she's like, oh, I just left something behind. So, you know, Ron says, I think Hermione might be hiding something. The next class is Defense Against the Dark Arts and it's a practical lesson. So they take a walk to the staff room. On the way, Peeves is, is teasing Lupin. And so he, so Lupin does a spell that puts gum up Peeves's nose, I guess. And it's, and all the class thinks it's very cool. But they walk into the staff room and Snape is there and is super rude to Neville and also to Lupin and, and says like, I don't want to see this. And he walks out in the staff. And so when they're there in the staff room, there's a Boggart. That's their lesson. Uh, you know, I guess the Boggart takes on the form of what you most fear. And so everyone has to, to take a turn with the Boggart 
and make it into something funny. But before Harry can can have his chance, Lupin steps between them and and finishes the lesson and they finish off the boggart and Harry kind of has hurt feelings and, and speculates that maybe Lupin thinks he's weak because he passed out on the train. But in the lesson, you know, Neville gets some confidence because he Lupin uses him to demonstrate and he, his greatest fear is Snape. And so the like funny thing he does is put Snape in his grandmother's clothes uh, the other major clue we get in this scene is that Lupin finishes off the Boggart and it appears and he appears to be scared of a a I don't remember how it's how it's described, like a glowing sphere. And and Lavender Brown says, I wonder why Lupin is scared of crystal balls. <laughs> that's the end of the chapter. Ah. Uh, so good to be reading like good Harry Potter again. Yeah. Uh this chapter and the next one. And really, honestly, this whole book has been such a like emotional catharsis for me because up until this point, you know, we've been pretty cynical about Harry Potter for like a long time. But I'm like, okay, there really is something here. This this is yeah. so good. <laughs> yeah, this stuff has been really fun. Um, uh, I guess like starting at the beginning, I I appreciate Malfoy being defanged so much. He's so much more enjoyable now. Yes. Uh, than he was in Chamber of Secrets where he was like just like actually evil, you know? <laughs> like Yeah. Here he here he's back to just being kind of like a school bully. Um, you know, he's mil he's milking his injury to get Haggard in trouble. He keeps talking about his rich dad and But the thing that moment in in class where he like has like an earnestly like interested reaction to Harry's like <laughs> like knowledge or lack of knowledge of, of Sirius Black is so much more interesting than like anything we've gotten out of Malfoy before. Yeah, easily. He does that, like realizing that he knows something that Harry doesn't know is teasing him for being, you know, weak or, you know, a coward or or whatever it is, but also having information that Harry doesn't. And it's just, it's very enjoyable it, it, it's a it's a much more interesting like teen school conflict than than like him being like actually hitler you know <laughs> like yeah um it's just like like it just you know it, it, it's 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 ratcheting the stakes down but i think also that's what makes this book so good so far is that the stakes are so much lower like the stakes are lower, but the mystery is so much more compelling and it's, and it's much more layered. Uh, mm -hmm. um, and, and has so many more moving pieces going on at once. I, the, all the stuff with the time Turner is a, just like really fun to read and be like kind of a red herring in a really fun way. Cause it's the most obvious, like front and center thing. Like it's, it's the mystery that Ron like comments on directly, you know? Yeah. Um, it's, it's probably like, I would say kind of the most obvious weird thing that's going on, but, and it feels like you said, kind of front and center because Ron, you know, says stuff about it and Harry and Ron talk about it. But I think that it, it reminds me, it's like in the first couple books, like the entire plot would be treated with the same, uh, in the same way that this time turner plot is treated mm -hmm. and the time turner is probably the least important thing going on right yeah yeah it's it's so minor but it's like the most 
it's like the most obvious carrot being dangled in front of you reading this mm-hmm. uh yeah um and if this was a previous you know if this, if this was like chamber of secrets or whatever uh they would have gone to hagrid's hut and he would have said like oh i heard that hermione got one of those time turners whoa shouldn't have said that or whatever you know like <laughs> they'd be like what's a time turner can't yeah, find no, anything I- about it at the library <laughs> but then that would have also just been the main plot yeah there would have been yeah. nothing else so yeah there's a lot going on here it's very good <laughs> it's it's super good um so there's the there's the potions class like snape is there a particular reason that we know of yet why snape is being so specifically nasty to neville or is it just that like that's supposed to be our clue that he's really pissed off about something and we and we'll find out later that it's lupin um i i'm trying i i feel like this is such a like pivotal snape lore scene uh mm-hmm. in in like the f- the fandom i guess because this is like this is the scene that everyone argues about because there seems to be like two sides of the great snape debate which is that S- snape is is great and 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 perfect and then the other <laughs> the people that's like snape is the worst and should be not even in the books um because this is like kind of our first time seeing snape like like all the other snape stuff like he's kind of mean but most of it we're seeing through harry's eyes i guess as like a mean teacher but i would say this is like the first time we've snape really see be like just the worst like wow this 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 is like crossing a line i guess for him um i think and like i i could definitely be wrong about this i think that he might not like neville because he because neville could have been hairy or something about the prophecy so if neville had died or or Neville's parents had died, then then maybe Lily would still be alive. But I can't ah. remember. I cannot remember if that's fandom speculation right. to explain like past things or if that's real. So I honestly have no idea. Um, I think it works really well here to set up Lupin as a character, though. So it could yes. just simply be that. Yeah. Well, I, and, and I mean, like, he's definitely being crueler than usual and he's definitely crossing a line. That said, like I, I get the same vibe from this that I did from like the the snake in the dueling club, where, like, like like he he is able to just point his wand at the toad and revert it back to its normal like age, right? Like I would imagine that if the toad was poisoned, he would be able to. He probably do... has an antidote. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like like I'm sure he is not like abjectly evil. I'm gonna kill your pet if you fuck this up. But like it's like, still crossing a line but I, I i imagine that that he would not go that far you know like mm-hmm. like i still see the like just kind of the the main thing i've had to remember reading these is how young snape is in the in in the books compared to mm-hmm. the movie like like you know the movie performance is fantastic i have no complaints with it but he is much much older and and more imposing and like here i've just had like so many like younger teachers you know in my life that Mm -hmm. it's really easy for me to like relate to like like a teacher who is like because he'd be in like early 30s at this point right so he is is a lot more um understandable as like like younger and frustrated and maybe not as like pragmatic and 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 like studious or whatever as like the other professors at the school 
so I, 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 I like him here, even though he is being a fucking prick, you know, like, like, yeah. it is still, this is not, this is not like cross the Rubicon into like shitty Snape writing yet. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think so. I, I, I think that this is probably one of the more fun Snape scenes. I still stand by the dueling club as being the most fun Snape scene so far, but really that was a Lockhart scene. So, mm-hmm. uh, but, but I think that for however horrible Snape was being the back and forth with, with Malfoy who is faking his injury so that Snape will tell Harry and Ron to do the like menial potions tasks for uh-huh. him is it's, it's just, it just makes for fun reading. Yeah. It's, it's a really well-constructed scene. I'm, I'm comparing this to the uh, like also very fun, but much less, going on like the highlight from chamber of secrets potions classes where they threw the firework into the cauldron you know and like (laughs) there's there's kind of the the like classroom scene leading up to that like like that was still a lot of fun but it's this has so much more banter going on like between more characters and like there's multiple things going on there there's there's malfoy's conversation with ron and harry the crosstalk with snape crosstalk with neville and hermione like there's just there's just in all aspects of the, of this book the mystery and like even the individual scenes there's so much more going on at once but it never feels overcrowded or like too long or, or, or mm-hmm. stuffed it just feels so much more natural yeah yeah absolutely so i think we go to defense against the dark arts next, which kind of contrasts the horrible, horrible mean teacher at potions class to Lupin, who is definitely the cool teacher definitely does Zippo tricks. Um, I, I was (laughs) laughing when I, when I was reading the part about him, like shooting the gum out of the lock into Peeves' nose. Cause I was just thinking that was a Zippo trick. That is the wizard. Yeah. And was it, was it Dean Thomas or Seamus or someone that said cool? Yeah, it's Dean Thomas says "cool professor" or something like that. Like, <laughs> like... He's the cool teacher. He's also very young. Um, uh, I think that the actor is a bit older in the movie. Yeah. I, I think the actor does a great job. Also, I think that's fine. But he he's also like Snape's age since they were. Uh, in school together um i have a little aside for you which is about the spell that lupin used uh because the the wiki page for this spell is so funny it's very short because (laughs) this is the only place that this spell ever comes up and i i don't know how this is pronounced i assume wadi wasi yeah i remember this is another moment where i had a like jim dale flashback because i really remember the way he said it being very strange it was like what do you want to see or something like yeah, that um he really he went it sounded it. like when john travolta was trying to read adina medzel's name <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, so here so here's the entry for the what do you want to see spell the incantation of a charm that can be used to shoot a small soft mass of whatever the caster so desires at the target <laughs> or victim uh the hand movement point wand and here Here's the rest. Wadiwasi comes from two words, and I'm probably going to butcher this pronunciation as well. Uh, vad and vasi. Vad is a Swedish word that can mean wadding, and vasi is a French term that means go ahead or come on. Together, they can roughly mean the wad goes ahead. 
magic for you. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, uh, the famous wad blowing spell. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, oh, Professor no Flitwick, when are, when are we going to learn the wad goes ahead spell? Please. <laughs> <laughs> Why isn't that in the game? I want to use Wadi Wasi instead of uh, instead of Flipendo. Come on. So there's, there's your shit. lore. That's so good. Thank you, Professor, for teaching me that spell. <laughs> Lupin's so good. This class. Oh, I, I guess the, the like before the class, there's that fucking excellent scene where like Snape is like rec- like reclining in the chair as they come uh, in. It's so good. This is this is the melodrama that I crave. And I I this is why Snape is my favorite character. Uh, actually, I'm going to read this whole passage because it's so good. Yeah, please so, do. You know, Lupin has marched all the kids to the staff room for this boggart that he has planned ahead. Like, you you fucking know Snape. Snape knew that he was doing this and is sitting there in, on purpose. It says, Professor Snape was sitting in a low armchair and he looked around as the class filed in. His eyes were glittering and there was a nasty sneer playing around his mouth. As Professor Lupin came in and made to close the door behind him, Snape said, leave it open, Lupin. I'd rather not witness this. <laughs> so, like... I guess it's not even an either or. This is a both thing. Like, like, so Snape clearly <laughs> went to the staff lounge after class so he could loom. You know, like he he made it from the potions class that he had had with the Gryffindors and Slytherins to the staff room before the next class could start and Lupin could march them there. Like he yeah, he, he like, fucking sp- ran from the dungeon. Yeah, he, sp- <laughs> he sprinted <laughs> down the hallway. Like, like, so he could do this, uh, which is so fucking funny. Uh, maybe he flew, you know? Oh, he, he probably did. Power. Probably opened um, a window and just flew, flew on up there. Just so he could. And, and also, Lupin is so, like, not shaken by this at all. You know that he at least expected something like this to happen. <laughs> This is like this is like the most incredible like battle of passive aggression I've seen in in this book series like ever. It's so good. Yeah, yeah, it's it's wonderful, and I think that that stuff is just only gonna get better since we are gonna learn more about you know Snape and Lupin's history. But I it just it paints such a picture of Snape in a way that I read it like a lot differently now than I remember reading it as a kid and mm-hmm. it's, it's so good <laughs> yeah I, I just i love this this image of him going into the staff room so he can sit down just so he can do this dramatic entrance for for <laughs> lupa it's oh my god they're they're the, snape is so good like like he this is, is he, he snape lives is a messy for bitch. the drama he, he is loves a messy it. bitch who lives for drama it's so good <laughs> Um, um, I think the other thing is um, that I forgot to mention is I think that they say that this is the first practical defense against the dark arts lesson that they ever had. Did Coral not have them cast any spells ever? I I believe Lockhart didn't. 
right? Lockhart. So, the, so they had the. They mentioned in this in this segment, like the last time they tried a practical lesson, it was the Pixies thing, right? Oh but yeah. I, I think, I think, I think it actually is mentioned in Sorcerer's Stone that Quirrell's lessons are super boring because he just talks about oh. like zombies that he uh like met in like oh I, yeah I, I, that I yeah that i kind of remember that because they were all talking about how like like defense against the dark arts they were all excited for it but it's boring because Quirrell just gives weird lectures and like the classroom smells like onions or whatever mm-hmm. like or garlic like that that's the whole like so so i think i think that is is true i think that is this will be like their first real non-lockhart uh practical lesson yeah it's a good one yeah i I had forgotten what exactly happened in this scene. I like the the I have such a strong memory of like just the Snape and Neville part. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had completely forgotten that there are also all the other kids doing it as well as Lupin and and the conflict with Harry not being able to do it. Um, and also this, I will say, like, it's still an entry in the the long and questionable British tradition of, of, uh, comedy is just slapping a guy into a dress. Um, but I will say it was less nasty about that than I remembered the, the, it, it it is much more focused on like the ridiculousness of Snape wearing a big stupid hat and like colorful clothes that he normally wouldn't wear than it is about like he he's wearing a dress you know like yeah i think that i think that the movie probably lends itself more to that that imagery or or yeah. that that kind of angle um mm-hmm. i i still think it's a little bit lazy yeah um but i mean for for jk rowling reaching for kind of lazy tropes in that way i mean that's that's kind of par for the course um (laughs) i i would say that everything surrounding it like other than the the actual comedy being derived like from that i think that the whole like neville being scared of snape and lupin you know doing this is so great like the way lupin walks neville through it is so it like gives it it gives me so many good memories of like good teachers i have had in my life Mm -hmm. yeah like he he is just so like more even not even like just as a comparison to snape in the previous scene but like nearly any teacher all even the good quote-unquote teachers at hogwarts are like very much the like classic you know boarding school tyrant kind of teachers they're just you know nice when they're not teaching but like nothing nothing we've ever read about like mcgonagall's class ever makes me think that she's like a, a great teacher to be around or, or or anything like that whereas this is like lupin is engaged with students he is he's clearly like cares about them and knows about you know, like their personal life and is like applying stuff in the lesson to like like their personal lives like he he clearly does his research and cares and connects one-on-one with them in a way that not any teacher in the this book series has at all yeah he just he's just such a he seems just like a good person in a way that that a lot of (laughs) the other it's just it's just a whole it's a whole different thing and like it feels like he you know knows how to to teach in a way that like inspires confidence i guess like like he he knew that neville just needed someone to 
you know believe in him a little bit right like and it works and it's cute and then and then the rest like as that scene continues on and like all like everyone's just clearly having such a good time with it uh i love all of the descriptions of of what what the monster was appearing as and then (laughs) what it was turning into um i will say I don't know if seeing a spider with no legs makes it less scary. There were a lot of those. I think the, there was a mummy also, and it's like described the mummy as falling over and its head rolled off. And I'm like, that is that is still scary, but okay. <laughs> who was it who was afraid of the mummy? Was it was that Pavardi or was that Lavender? I'm not sure. It, I don't it, know. Like that was that one struck me. That one st- stuck out to me as like a really weird one because. I, I think mummies have been mentioned once before as like a magical creature thing, but like that's a very specific fear for someone in a British boarding school to have, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, I'm a af- I'm afraid of uh, Egyptian burial dress. <laughs> I actually, uh, to be fair, to uh, like I think that there's a, like a, a tiny moment in this whole thing that I loved a lot, and I think that. All of those things, like whoever being scared of mummies for no reason or or a banshee or whatever, like those all strike me as like regular kid things to be scared of. I think totally. that whoever I think whoever um was scared of the mummy probably watched the movie The Mummy. Um you know, over the summer holidays. Duh, because a lot of these would be, uh, because I was wondering like who, how would they even, because like uh, mummies are like a classic movie monster, right? But like, yeah. I was thinking how wizards would come, but of course, a lot of these kids would be Muggleborn, right? So yeah, or so even like or even Half Blood. So yeah. probably watch the so movie, like movie The Mummy. Fears. Um, <laughs> and then uh, the the small moment that I really liked is that obviously Ron is scared of spiders, but he has one of the scariest things that the class sees, but it's from a real experience, right? Like he yes. he is seeing a an acromantula. And it's scarier than all the other like movie monsters, story mm-hmm, monsters mm-hmm. that are like more normal kid fears. I, I don't know. This is just such a good scene. The like the the way Lupin finishes it off too is so good. I love that he it describes it as like almost lazily or whatever the way mm-hmm. he 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 like he's so used to to like his, his the fear that he carries now. Like I thought that was a really strong little character moment. Yeah. And he's just a very cool teacher. He's just the cool teacher. And then he took out his Zippo and 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 flipped it around <laughs> and tossed it behind his head and caught it and was like, if you stick around after class, I can teach you how to do this. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Um, I don't think that I have a whole lot else to say about the Boggart lesson. I do want to back up because there was something that I forgot about that I did want to say. And it's a little thing. Um, and it is when... Uh, when Peeves is taunting Lupin in the hallway before uh, Lupin uses the the great spell, um, that f- like I I don't remember how it comes up. I think it's that it's like Harry is thinking to himself how Peeves is constantly at war with with Filch, and then mm-hmm. Harry tells us who Filch is, and he said, and it's like Filch was the Hogwarts caretaker, a bad tempered, failed wizard who waged a constant war against the students, and indeed Peeves. Is he a failed wizard? I'm so confused. I thought we learned is a squib a failed wizard? I thought that was a very odd way yeah. of saying that. Uh, yeah, I guess I guess that would be like 
that's the offhand way to write that for people who haven't read the previous two books, but it is definitely a loaded way to talk. Cause I thought squibs were like literally born without the ability to do magic. Right. They're like, muggles. Like, they're, they're, they're the opposite of muggleborns. Right. Um, so that definitely does. That struck me as odd. I think it might just be like poor word choice for like, I need to, this is where I'm going to mention who Filch is for people who haven't read the rest of the books, you know? All right, all right. That's fine. But yeah, I agree. I agree with you that it is definitely a weird way to phrase that. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't think I have anything else on this chapter. Do you have no, any I, I, closing thoughts? I, no, I just, I, but I both really like the lesson and also the, I, I like that as cool as it is, the thing that it leaves Harry with, um, that like anxiety that like, like the teacher, the cool teacher won't let me do, you know, participate because he doesn't think I'm strong enough or whatever. That is, that is again, much like the rest of this book, such a small stake compared to there's a giant snake slithering around killing people, but it is so much more relatable and interesting as a, uh, a feeling for Harry to have. Yeah, it also it also makes sense, which is refreshing after Harry's internal conflict being, I hope I'm not the racist um, <laughs> or whatever. So, so I, I'm so on board with with all of Harry's like conflicts in this. Yeah, in this one, absolutely. us along to chapter eight which is called flight of the fat lady we kind of get like a i think we're fast forwarding to kind of october and we get kind of a, a summary of like what's going on at the school which is that everyone likes lupin now except you know some of the slytherins snape is being extra mean in potions because he heard about about the boggart thing harry still doesn't like trelawney because she's keeps like tearing up when she sees him and and doesn't doesn't like her class. Uh, Care of magical creatures is really boring, and they're just doing flubber worms because Hagrid has lost all his, his confidence. The next thing we really see is that luckily it's Quidditch season, um, so so practice is starting. And you know, for all our listeners out there, uh, you know, <laughs> if you I don't know if you've heard of Quidditch before, but if you haven't, uh, it's it's a magical sport. There were seven people on a Quidditch stream, <laughs> three chasers, whose job it was to score goals by putting the quaffle, which is a red soccer-sized ball, through one of the 50-foot-high hoops at each end of the field. There are two beaters who are equipped with heavy bats to repel the bludgers, two heavy black balls that zoomed around trying to attack the players, a keeper who defended the goalposts, and the seeker who had the hardest job of all, that of catching the golden snitch, a tiny winged walnut-sized ball whose capture <laughs> ended the game and earned the seeker's team an extra 150 points. Thank um, you. Yeah, you're welcome. So just in case you'd forgotten that, we uh, that's just that's just straight out of the text right there. So uh, now you know what Quidditch is. I'm sure we'll be back in book four or season four of The Shrieking Shack to, to hit you with that one again. Um, so we're in the team locker room. Oliver Wood must win because it's his last his last season being the Quidditch captain. And he hasn't won in, you know, his whole 
six years or whatever being captain. Harry gets back from from Quidditch practice one night and finds out that it's Hogsmeade weekend uh, for Halloween weekend and is super bummed out again. While they're there in the common room, Crookshanks attacks Scabbers again and Hermione and Ron are fighting and and Hermione says, you know, cats cats chase rats, Ron. And Ron says, well, Scabbers is sick and you're not, you need to make him stop. The next day, uh, they're in the hallway between classes and, and Lavender is crying because her rabbit was killed by a fox and she just got the letter and, and she's saying, just like Trelawney predicted, the thing that I'm dreading happened on this day. And Hermione kind of says to the group that, you know, that would that's not logical and 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 it's super rude and she's she's rude to lavender and and ron says something snippy at 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 hermione because they're they're fighting uh in transfiguration class ron kind of eggs harry on to ask mcgonagall if she can sign his permission form to go to hogsmeade mcgonagall says you know nope that's that's against the rules sorry uh so it's the hogsmeade trip and harry's kind of alone in the castle other than the like younger students and a few of the older students so he goes wandering around and is just super bummed out but he runs into lupin and lupin invites him in to to have have tea with him harry uh is sitting with lupin and lupin asks if something is wrong and, and harry says hey why didn't you let me let me fight the boggart and he's and lupin says oh i thought that would be obvious it's because i didn't want voldemort in my class harry's like oh it's not because you think i'm i'm weak and lupin says no um harry says that he's actually most scared of the dementors so he has a very nice tea with lupin ron and hermione come back from hogsmeade and it's the halloween feast and it's wonderful and they they brought him a bunch of candy after the feast they go up to uh go to the common room but there's a big crowd around the portrait they don't know what's going on, so they push their way ahead. But the portrait has been has been slashed open with a knife, and the fat lady has has left left her frame, and and Percy sends sends for Dumbledore, and Dumbledore shows up, and Peeves tells Dumbledore that it was Sirius Black trying to break into the common room, and that is the end of the chapter. Ah, uh, you know this chapter was really good, but I wish that it had giving me a clearer explanation of how Quidditch works. Yeah, I'm still really confused. Like, there, <laughs> there are there are how many players? Like, I, I don't fully get it. Um, what do uh, all the balls do? If you are listening and know the rules of Quidditch, send us an email at treecast at gmail.com and please break down the rules for us. We're not 100% sure how it works. One day we'll get it. Um, if we continue to get these explanations, I feel at least by uh, maybe movie three of Fantastic Beasts, we'll finally understand Quidditch. Um, <laughs> but but so far, it's just still kind of a mystery to me. <laughs> okay, so apart from that, this is a very good chapter. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, and... I I even like the the setup of of Oliver Wood needing to win the the Quidditch Cup because it's his last chance and that oh that, yeah I, that I scene is adorable. The actual story behind the Quidditch scene here I think is great. I love a I just love Oliver getting this characterization. He hasn't really gotten that previously. I don't think. Uh, mm-hmm. But also like Fred and George being like. I would say 90% earnest with him 
but still not a hundred percent was really funny. Yeah, yeah. Oliver is kind of giving his, giving the team a, a pep talk. He's kind of going around, and it also serves to like tell us who the who the players are, um, and saying that you know they're all just the best players that he's ever had. And I think it's it's either Fred or George that says, "Ah, oh, we think you're pretty good too, Oliver." It's very funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a good it's a good little scene. Um. Uh, I guess I, I have a hard time choosing like where to start with this one because I have a lot of like disparate things to say about this chapter, but less about like because this this has less of an overall through line than the than the Bogart chapter did. Yeah, let's um let's start with talking about Hermione because yeah. Hermione has a lot of separate scenes um that are mostly kind of her conflict with Ron, but I am so excited but also a little bit scared about where Hermione's arc is going going this Mm -hmm. book because we are seeing her um being like i guess probably her biggest failing right like like we get two two big scenes one is is where crookshanks is attacking scabbers and ron is like you you need to control your cat or you need to make him stop attacking scabbers and and hermione is, is saying like well you know he's like crookshanks doesn't mean any harm and cats chase rats which is like she's running into the problem of being like technically like yes that's true but she is not being considerate or responsible like she's she's not thinking of other people yeah hermione's like biggest failing in this book so far like from the beginning has just been like a lack of emotional intelligence Mm -hmm. which is super interesting and i completely i i've forgotten that honestly any of the characters had uh a a conflict or arc that um down to earth really yeah because everything everything she says might be technically true but she's just being a jerk all the time uh uh which hasn't really got like it's 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 an interesting extension of of her character from the first two books because she's all like hermione's always been a know-it-all um but Every scene, every opportunity she's gotten to like flex that before has never had any uh like emotional weight. Like it's always in classes, right? Like, uh-huh. like she, she's in class, she has the right answer, she hopes the teacher will pick on her so she can show show, show she's smart. But she's like now running into situations where that doesn't work and doesn't matter. And it's it's not even that her behavior has changed since the last two books. It's just that we're seeing her in more situations where that behavior is, is more, it it has more friction with other characters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so like, that's, that's the first scene we see is the, is the one with Scabbers and and Ron is saying, you know, you need, you, you don't, you don't care about scabbers and and by extension, like you are not being considerate to me. And then the next scene that we see is, is lavender, you know, sobbing in the hall. She just got a letter that her, her rabbit who was named Binky uh, was killed. And she says, I, I should have known because Trelawney said that thing about, you know, the thing you're dreading will happen on whatever day it is. And, and Hermione and, and like, the right thing to do would to not care about that part about divination and to console your friend. And when you think about it, Hermione, we don't see her interact with these characters, but 
like they are their year mates, right? Like she's probably friends with Lavender. They share a dorm room essentially. Right. Yeah. Um, and instead gives a weird lecture about how divination is wrong. She kind of she kind of does the, the like uh, destroyed by logic uh, in the hallway okay. here. I was I was having this vision. Hermione is one hundred percent the person who like sees a report on the local news about how like some some family like escaped from their burning house or whatever and in the interview they're like oh thank god that we got out of the fire and Hermione goes uh god wasn't there the firefighters were like <laughs> like that she's that guy you know yeah. like yep yep that that is her in this scene and it's it's uh it's great to see her fail in this way mm-hmm mm-hmm it's super fascinating like like I loved the scene uh in our in our last episode with her trying to rationalize the grim mm-hmm. and like that that one i guess she was like kind of teetering on the edge because that's a more nebulous fear right like mm-hmm. like nothing has happened it's just people are worried here she faces a more i guess like serious test of her like ability to sympathize with people because now something ha- actually has happened, right? A uh, mm-hmm. pet has died, and she still can't turn that off. Like, like yeah. she's still in in full full on logic mode for no real reason. Because honestly, whether or not Trelawney was right, who cares at this point? Like, your friend's yeah. pet died. Like, the the mechanics of it are really don't matter. Yeah. It, it is it's at this point more important to Hermione to be right about divination than it is that that you know anything else uh yeah and, and the other thing that's kind of funny about this too is that her even i would say that her logic is not even really airtight here either because hmm. the trelawney's prediction was that thing that you're dreading will happen on the 15th and hermione's first go-to is like oh well you just got the news on the 15th mm-hmm. um you know, your rabbit actually died days before that or whatever. Like one, <laughs> not not helpful. But two, I would s- still not consider that proof that Trelawney was wrong because, like, hearing bad news is the thing that hurts, right? Like, like if you hear yeah. bad news that happened a day ago, you don't go like, oh, man, now the day that I had yesterday sucks. Like, like the day you found out is the day that matters so i i wouldn't even it, it's such a pointless fight for hermione to be picking yeah it is and and like that so her argument was like twofold it was one that like uh, like oh you got the letter today the rabbit didn't die today and the other one was like the rabbit was young so why would you be dreading it dying like come on <laughs> maybe lavender has anxiety leave her alone yeah it's yeah, absurd it's, yeah I yeah. mean, but that, but that is her flaw, right? Like, she cannot, like, like that is her, like, why would I worry about that? It's not, it's not logical. I don't know. Uh, so, so I do like that, that and, this being a think, Hermione problem. Yeah, and, and I think, too, especially with Ron, is it, it, whether or not this is, like, directly intentional or not, it feels like so much of a, like, uh, like, class disparity between Hermione and Ron as well. Like, I... I I just remember the scene that like 
Hermione said she has 10 galleons left over and that's why she buys Crookshanks, you know? Mm -hmm. So Crookshanks is fucking expensive, first of all. 10 galleons is a lot. Um, And her, like, attitude that, like, oh, well, cats chase rats, so, like, keep your rat away. Like, like, like it's Ron's fault for having a stinky rat or whatever is... Yeah. So snooty and, like, inconsiderate of her. It's... Hermione is a character who, like, so like Harry lost his family. Ron lives in like poverty slash, you know, like on the edge. Hermione isn't a character who has lost anything or yeah. struggled at all, really. Um, and so I, I guess it's just a really interesting, like that. That's something that that has never come up in the previous two books, and now we are seeing how her like different upbringing has ha- ha- kind of like has left her a little bit stunted emotionally i guess here Mm -hmm. yeah yeah because i mean she her her thing is i mean the last book i mean that's the whole thing right because i'm like hermione has like hermione her thing should be potentially you know she's she's showing up she's trying to belong in a world that is wizard racist against her right like Mm -hmm. she is introduced to that world but she is so like a she is not a realized character in the second book that i just like can't even say that that's true um right so no yeah i i think that this is a a good place for her character to be at this point my fear moving forward is that it's just going to turn out to be haha hermione was right all along yeah that's the part that worries me especially because a we know how jk ends up viewing trelawney uh-huh and b and lavender hermione is, to be honest and lavender. like all yeah, like all of that <laughs> yeah lavender ends up being like annoying woo woo like airhead character later on yeah um but also like we also know that hermione is like the closest thing to a self-insert in these books right yes so like like it's sort of like I, I can only see one ending for this and it's not the one I want really. Yeah. Um because like it doesn't it does not matter in the scene where Hermione is not stopping Crookshanks from attacking Scabbers that Scabbers is Peter Pettigrew, right? That is not material to that conflict whatsoever. No. But I feel like no. that's just going to be like, Oh, I guess Crookshanks, like I, I guess Hermione was just, was just smarter and, and knew more than everyone else. Um, <laughs> I'm just thinking about that 33 things Crookshanks would have thought in, uh, in prisoner of azkaban Pottermore <laughs> article you know like... oh no <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so I, I i love where the hermione stuff is at right now unsure where it's going to to end up but as of now i think it's like one of the best conflicts in the book i guess our next thing is lupin and actually i i i skipped something in my summary which is that while harry is is having tea with lupin snape brings the potion Oh, and, so and Harry and Harry worries for a moment that Snape is trying to poison Lupin and he tries to like drop mm-hmm. a hint to Lupin and says like <laughs> like so you know funny. Snape really likes the dark arts and Lupin is just like oh really <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking funny that is 
this is maybe the most like a kid Harry has come across like in any scene. Yes. Uh, like this this idea that like oh no professor lupin might might be in danger because the teacher i don't like brought him a drink like like <laughs> it's so amazingly stupid in like a, in not not in like a this is bad writing just like like this is perfect like teenage idiot writing yes i yeah it was really cute um and lupin just being completely unfazed also yeah. because lupin obviously knows a lot more and probably knows why he's taking a potion <laughs> yeah You're like oh thank you i'm just gonna drink like like if if i'd be it'd be one thing if like snape showed up like unannounced and was like ah, i brought you a pepsi my guy <laughs> and lupin was like oh thank you snape thank you for this pepsi <laughs> you know like <laughs> oh a refreshing pepsi thank you professor snape <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um because like Snape even says like oh I've I brewed a whole cauldron so if you need more just tell me or whatever and like that still doesn't clue into Harry that like these characters might know more than he does it's it's so <laughs> funny the whole the whole scene uh, with Harry and Lupin is so sweet and I think other than maybe the Weasleys I think this is the first time that we're seeing an adult just kind of be nice to harry for harry's mm-hmm. sake um yeah which was surprise i found to be surprisingly emotional yeah i i remembered that i i mean i know that everyone loves professor lupin like he is one of the like most popular characters in the series i forgot i'd forgotten like what he actually was like in the books um I knew that he was like a teacher. I knew that he was a werewolf. I I had I had completely forgotten that he was also just like a good teacher, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh this scene is so great. Um uh and it's it's such a refreshing contrast to and maybe I'd forgotten about it because Dumbledore kind of overshadows Lupin in like a number of scenes with Harry, but like this is so much more earnest than any scene harry has had with dumbledore who granted i might just be reading the book with you know with knowledge of worse books coming up but like i every dumbledore scene has kind of rung hollow because i know that dumbledore is like some secret genius mastermind who has planned harry's life out for him and it makes those scenes like aside from the mirror of erised which which is a great scene but he's also still withholding a lot from harry like just makes him seem like a manipulative jerk and lupin is so much more earnest yeah yeah not to mention that we like as the reader get told how to feel about dumbledore in like maybe the weirdest scenes which are always when harry's (laughs) like and then and then i saw albus dumbledore sitting at the head table and he is the wisest best most feared wizard that is needs to be Uh respected and trusted implicitly and that's always how that's delivered Uh, yeah (laughs) so i I just don't find that very convincing but this is such an like the lupin stuff it's so understated um you know harry's like he's moping around the castle he's so bummed out that he's not at hogsmeade and lupin runs into him and he puts it together right like he sees him he figures out what's going on and is like i'll i'll hang out with you kid yeah um yeah and it's just it's just nice yeah totally 
Lupin's just like a good guy, it seems like. And and we also just get the added like Snape and Lupin drama, which which I really like, which also really like I, I've forgotten so much about these older books. I I'm really curious to see how that relationship develops because are are Lupin and, and Snape like frenemies? Are they like straight up like enemies like like why and and how are they on a polite enough basis to do this but like there's still a lot of like teen unresolved teen angst as well like it's super interesting this is where i'm at with them right now this is like the the vibe that i'm getting right knowing knowing that you know snape was enemies in school with Lupin. Like, I I know we don't know that yet in the book, but that's like kind of nebulously what I think about them is I just get this impression that like when they were in school together, uh, Snape was like rude to them and they, and like their friend group all thought he was really annoying, but then he just would be there all the time, but then would just insult them, you know? But (laughs) now it's, you know, uh, like decades later and he's still doing that right like he's still fucking sitting in that staff room <laughs> to insult lupin for some reason so it's just that it's that good good frenemy drama that we're gonna bring back for our cw harry potter show i was just about to say he's like what's her face from riverdale where sometimes she's she's their friend and some why am i forgetting her fucking name cheryl uh, cheryl yeah he's snape is cheryl from from riverdale yes uh it's, some episodes they're friends and some episodes she's psycho yeah i love it it's so good i I love it i love i love their interaction and again i just love harry harry's overreaction and like assumption that he knows more than they do it is it is a really great little piece of characterization i think i think my fate my favorite dialogue so far um in maybe all of these books is when lupin asks harry like is something bothering you and harry says no and then he and it's like and then he stops and realizes and then says yes and then he brings up the uh-huh. thing uh it feels so authentic um it's nice to have harry like say something to someone about something he feels um oh my god compare that like tiny line of of dialogue to anything from chamber of secrets right like (laughs) dumbledore being like do you know anything about uh about what's going on Mm, no 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 nope (laughs) god yeah uh i guess the last or not not even the last thing god this is a this is a a weirdly structured chapter there's the hogsmeade stuff right and and the the permission slip and and um hermione and ron coming back from their trip uh-huh i will say harry is a little dumb here i feel like he could have maybe played up to mcgonagall the fact that the dursleys are like evil and abusive to him you know like if he had come up with like a little bit more of a sob story yeah yeah i think that he probably was a little bit egged on to do it by ron so i don't think he thought it was going to work in the first place and then also yeah. i think i think that the added uh him not being able to go because Sirius Black is on the loose probably didn't help. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess he probably did, wasn't 
he didn't have his hopes up too high but i was just surprised that he was so cagey about the the dursleys um, yeah i would i would have thought i would have thought that he would be like shit talking the dursleys to like everyone who would listen in hopes that someone would be like come hang with us for the summer you know <laughs> like i'm surprised that um, we got that scene with mcgonagall and not with lupin to be honest yeah or dumbledore yeah um he didn't I'm really go to the that, top, right? Like he didn't, he didn't no. uh, climb that, climb the chain of command to to get to Hogsmeade. But and he did, uh, he did ask the Minister of Magic. To be fair, okay, that is true. He did ask the very top. But I'm surprised you didn't go to Dumbledore and say, "Like, Professor, your bird can carry such a heavy weight. Could he fly me to Hogsmeade?" <laughs> <sighs> um, but I I do love. Uh, this is this is going back a little bit but i do love that like hermione and ron's little spat is like put on hold because they see that harry is in a bad mood uh, mm-hmm. and they're kind of worried about him i thought that was really cute like, yes like like they they have a a mutual like worry about their friend and they'll they'll kind of set it aside and 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 make sure he's doing okay yeah this is easily just like the sweetest chapter between like the harry and hermione and ron stuff and and lupin it's it's very human uh it's very like school life drama while still i mean we just get the huge plot advancement here at the end um i i i liked this one a lot we we obviously are are running into Sirius black has has made it into the school right like the the Mm -hmm. portrait is, is slashed open um, the school is not safe so that's kind of a spooky spooky place to to end it's the chapter. quite a it's it's a very um screenplay ending i to the chapter right like <laughs> or like an episode of like a cliffhanger to the end of a tv show kind of chapter ending like the oh that's serious black like dun 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 i thought that was quite fun yeah yeah uh I don't I don't think I have a whole lot else. Um I will say that at the Halloween feast, uh the ghosts are being are described as doing formation gliding. That was pretty cool. I'm 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 here for it. I mean, they should have got the headless hunt, honestly, and and they should let Nick in, but uh I'm I'm disappointed no character pointed up and said, "Look, it's nearly headless Nick." Look, it's nearly headless Nick. Um <laughs> I I feel like everyone's here to hear us dunk on Harry Potter. But honestly, this this book is really good. So it's good. I don't, I don't know if that's um, and, a catharsis for anyone else, but and it just is. <laughs> Percy gives our our podcast a fucking endorsement. Thank oh, you, he, Percy oh, Weasley. Oh yeah, he did. Which is I, that, I'm honored. That was actually a great little scene where where he sees Harry in the halls. He's like, oh, it's not that good. You know, it's just got. And he's like, lists all this cool shit. Yeah, one of Harry them being the Shrieking Shack. Uh, Harry Potter, always worth a visit is what you, he says you can listen to the shrieking shack uh mm-hmm. every monday so harry potter we know you're loaded if you could drop us some galleons at the the patreon listen to those bonus <laughs> episodes you know what i'm saying <laughs> um yeah no this 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 has been yeah I, I i would agree with you cathartic reading so far like oh right this i now i remember why i liked the series you know oh it was good there is a reason this is it this is this is the reason um this is the one no way it will 
it will live up to the standard that this book is setting. <laughs> yeah, it's all. Yeah, um, I, I guess I'm still unsure on what I even remember from Goblet, but uh, I, I know that things probably don't get much higher than this. But for now, I am really enjoying it. So, yeah. So our, our gushing about Prisoner of Azkaban will continue for for a while. Yes, I hope. But until then, <laughs> we have. <laughs> do you want to you want to give people a tease before we before we go to break here? Sure. Yeah. So uh, while we're reading reading the best of what Harry Potter has to offer, it's time to jump back into the year twenty eighteen Harry Potter news, <laughs> where we take a look at the crimes of grindelwald trailer after the break hell yeah all right to 2018 Harry Potter news. We just got the Crimes of Grindelwald trailer from Comic-Con. Um, and, you know, there was a lot to notice, wouldn't you say? Uh, the, I noticed so much in this trailer. So, Pottermore has released an official Everything We Noticed from Fantastic Beasts, the Crimes of Grindelwald Comic-Con trailer article uh <laughs> published by the pottermore news team and it's maybe the funniest thing i've ever read considering that it's it's written as if it were on buzzfeed except it is the official website right it's their account it's their they they made the movie uh <laughs> pottermore you you did the you did the movie. You can't say everything we noticed. Um, so I figure you know we can talk a little bit about the trailer uh, and talk about the things that we noticed um, here at the at the street cast, and then we'll we can kind of compare and contrast about the things that the official uh, Pottermore account noticed. So yeah. so what are some things that that you noticed? Uh, the number one thing I noticed, top of the I would say top of the list above all else. What the fuck are those cats? Horrible, horrible, horrible PlayStation monsters. Um, I, I can only assume that, that they are from the uh, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets PlayStation game because that's what they look like they're from. I hope so. I, that would redeem it. Uh, that is the first time I've ever seen a beast in the Fantastic Beasts cinema canon and not said, what a fantastic beast to myself. Yeah, he's like, oh, what a... What a horrible beast that what is. What an awful little creature. Stinky little cat monster that is. I hate yeah. it. Yeah, and there are like three of them. It's very sinister looking. They look like the cover to that new XCOM game to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so those were, were pretty uh, pretty noticeable. Um, yeah, I definitely noticed I, I guess there were, some other, there were some other Fantastic Beasts. I think we've seen that bird before. There's like a kind of kind of shaggy looking, uh, surprised looking looking bird of some sort. I'm pretty sure we got that in the, in the teaser trailer. So I don't yeah, know if I can that was, say that I noticed it. Yeah, I guess I noticed it that being there again. Um, I would like to notice how much weight it could carry, but we couldn't uh, we couldn't really see that from from the short scene that it was in this trailer. Yeah, I mean, Newt is a is a is a, a, a 
I don't know what he is. Magizoologist. Yes. Magizoologist. Yes. Um, yeah. So uh, whenever you the, the first thing you learn in zoology school uh, is when you're when you're documenting animals, especially birds. Uh, you you say how much weight they can carry. So I assume we're going to find out in the movie because because th- there will be a scene and that bird will be there and Newt will say, oh, that's a, you know, a, a what's it? And it can carry, you know, 10 pounds maximum. So I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure we'll get that in the movie. So like I'd say like number one, dragon. Uh, number yeah. two, phoenix. Sure. Number yep. three, elephant. Number mm, f- elephant's not a bird. Oh, uh, I was just thinking like creatures in general. Oh, like, like, okay, sure. Like, like, like weight. Uh, what about a whale? They don't have hands, so I don't know. Yeah, if they can I don't carry know if anything. they can really carry. They're underwater, so you know, the sure. water is doing most of the work there. I would say. Yeah. Um, I noticed that Dumbledore was teaching defense against the dark arts for some fucking reason. Yeah. Um, weird that. We only see, you know, so many lessons in Harry Potter, and one of them that we see in Harry Potter is just in this also. Um, this fucking sucks. I'm was like actually <laughs> mad about this. It's, it's actually like we did not plan this that this would come out, and there's no way to plan it on the same week that we read the Bogart scene in yeah. Prisoner of Azkaban. And it fucking ruins it, right? Because it, like, instead of it being like this cool impromptu lesson that Lupin came up with, he like, I guess he stole it from a time Dumbledore did a like. Is young? L- no, I guess it would be too early for that. I would say like, would young Lupin show up? But, but he stole. What makes it even stupider, right? Because that means that like, n- not only is he stealing this thing from Dumbledore, but like this lesson plan must have been passed down a whole bunch. Yeah. Like, that's such a bummer. That's super stupid. Why is 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 the movie going to open with like this transfiguration class and like they're they're gonna they're gonna be like all these all these like British schoolboys like oh I heard Professor Rosie Tonkin is a right rotter when it comes to teaching transfiguration <laughs> and then the door opens and they're all like standing up straight to attention but then like cool Dumbledore walks in and he's like hello <laughs> I'm Jude Law and today we're gonna. <laughs> We're gonna bust open this fucking closet, and there's a bugger in there. Like, like, is that how it's gonna go? Yes, that's exactly how it's gonna go. Uh, I, I don't see it any other way it can go. <laughs> I, I, I cannot believe that they are just recycling the Bogart scene why <laughs> for for maybe the dumbest payoff in this trailer, um, the. Like, I, I totally, like, like you know, not wanting to be tied down to a desk job is a totally believable character motivation for a character, right? Like, Sure, yeah, totally. no problem. Um, the fact that Dumbledore points out how odd it is, and we see the desk, and then Newt has to say exactly what it, like, do you have to cram all that into one tiny scene? Could you not just, like, leave that open to interpretation or leave for people to figure out? Like, you couldn't even... Like you had like me, I would say a semi-clever idea to have him be afraid of a desk. That's very uh, generous. I, yeah, I, I'm being super generous here. Like the like the 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 semi-clever way that this this resolves is like you see that flashback, you don't understand why he's afraid of a fucking desk, and then you like 
piece it together as the movie goes on that he just never wants to have like a normal job right like like that would be the okay sure version of this but having him just it's really good that the the bogart is there just so characters can just say what their motivations are you know it's it sucks i don't believe i don't believe it at all this is the most unbelievable bullshit i've ever seen i'm sorry we just read the bogart scene and it's like a bunch of kids and they're 13 years old and they're scared of spiders and they're scared of mummies and they're scared of banshees and all this stuff um uh a desk job that's not can you imagine that what a not... fucking insufferable prick Newt must be to hang like, out hey, with at school? Hey, fuck you, Newt. Like, <laughs> really? That's his That's his greatest fear? Like, yeah. that's like, that's a very, like, existential kind, like, not even, like, yeah. it's such a, like, abs- like, I don't, like, I don't want to be bored in my life or, like, like, this is, like, a higher level fear to me than, like, Oh, I, I would hate to like. I'm scared of walking into my house and having my family be murdered like that. Like, yeah, I just I don't understand. Like that is not. It just Aren't ruins they at it. War at this point. <laughs> I like, don't think that, not yet. Or like, like maybe like I almost. Don't know. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a very like, like like did Newt travel like like travel forward in time and get a copy of okay computer and was like oh fuck yeah i really resonate with this album like i <laughs> yeah fitter happier more productive i'm so depressed like 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 is that what's going on here because he's like fucking 13 14 in this scene it, it sucks i and they and they treat it like such a zinger in this trailer it's uh, so lazy and it's, it's just it's the stupid. biggest like eye roll bullshit moment um fuck you jk like like this is again this is like f- first draft screenplay shit like having your character just say like ah this is my motivation like okay cool thanks good job glad your second movie is like maybe the second draft of of the first movie or something it's ugh. Ugh. i i am i'm shocked I really didn't expect the Fantastic Beast stuff to go in this direction because when the stuff was first coming out, um, you know, J.K. Rowling released that huge Ilvermorny stuff on on Pottermore, um, and, and it was like, oh, the magical world in the United States, and what's what's that going to be about? But it's just yeah. it's recycling Harry Potter things, and and this whole movie is set in paris and london from the looks of it so all that was for naught we got one movie in the u.s and now we're back to europe so like great i guess we'll probably get some bobaton bullshit in this yeah maybe um, but it, i mean again looks like we're gonna get a lot of good flashback footage oh yeah for some fucking reason i, yeah. I don't ugh. flashbacks like in the shit. series that's already a prequel um uh then we get so so then we get like grindelwald's speech Mm -hmm. uh and he's talking about how cool wizards are and there's going to be a new order and blah 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 um he looks sick in this movie and i don't mean like intentionally i mean that like it looks like johnny depp was being starved on set or something uh that scene with him in like the where he's talking to like the ministry of magic or whoever that group is mm-hmm. like he looks like he's dying 
like like on his feet it, it's very de- it's a little depressing um i i'm sure that they shot him from angle so you can't see the earpiece uh <laughs> because he's got that fucking macklemore haircut so so they can't hide his ears uh i did notice that very funny shot where he is being floated through the prison or whatever in a really funny position yeah <laughs> i i also noticed that um he he's like being levitated up some stairs and looks maybe dead but i guess not because he's still in the in the movie um yeah he doesn't look great and it, it again is is coming back to um feeling like their whole justification is like johnny depp is just going to be the best man for the job and i watched that and i'm like really <laughs> it looks this, like they have it looks like this they is have what to, you like, were going for give him smelling salts before each like take or something you know like to give him some pep it's 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 sad um uh and also dumbledore this this is like not rehabilitating dumbledore for me as a character like does dumbledore ever do anything himself in his life like why why does he just manipulate people into doing his jobs for him is that just like his whole shtick is that going to be his whole thing in every piece of harry potter media we see him in now because it sucks and it makes him less likable each time yeah it's it's not it's not i i don't love it um like newt is just a trial run for what he's going to do to harry at this point which sucks a lot yeah, we do get that hilarious um, uh, shot of Dumbledore looking at the mirror of Erised with um, oh. Grindelwald in it, except for he's clearly been put in later. Oh. Like, it's oh like they God. just took a fucking photo of him and it's just like... so good. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's... it's so, so we had predicted previously that, like, they were going to edit the movie. So at one point, the only thing they're going to hint at, like, like dumbledore's sexuality or whatever is like him looking out the window wistfully while some grindelwald stuff's happening of course how could we have forgotten about the mirror of erised and how jk cannot resist just putting other harry potter shit into these movies like of course it's the mirror of erised right like we get we're gonna yeah, get the bogart the lesson not? we get the bogart lesson we get the mirror of erised uh what else do you think is gonna pop up do you think we're gonna get a triwizard tournament uh thing in here are we gonna yeah get, yeah uh, probably yeah um it's just it's like it's the harry potter greatest hits in a format you never wanted to see a shitty action movie it, it's it's it, it's uh not looking good uh i do like the big oni monster thing the, that guy oh cool. yeah me too yeah that's a that's fantastic a beast that for is sure. one fantastic beast um much better than the than the creepy cats that look like they're made out of rubber um but yeah like what and then there's thestrals i guess like that there's like four beasts in this in this trailer uh yeah i guess the other and the niffler's in there oh that's true the niffler hero okay so five beasts i hope the niffler gets some good scenes Mm -hmm. um i guess the other the other thing i want to to bring up before we move on to pottermore's uh sure uh breakdown is do you buy the theory that's going around about the like circus performer being or becoming Nagini? You think that's going to happen? 
I did not see this. What? There's there's a theory that's been going around on like a bunch of fan sites and like on BuzzFeed and stuff that there's that there's one of the performers uh the act the actor or the actress excuse me like her character has not been named in any of like the media for this yet and uh she's like wearing is she the the maledictus maybe i don't know i don't remember that that's that part sure um but like she's like in all the press shots she's in she's got like a snakeskin like shirt on or something and so people are going like oh she's nagini or she'll become nagini um Um, that's so stupid so yeah it's probably true i like i i again feel like i am shocked by how much this movie is just like picking up stuff from harry potter so that when you watch the trailer you're like oh it's the mirror of erised oh it's the bobbert lesson oh it's thestrals um so i guess that makes sense that like you'd see a lady in a snakeskin you know outfit and say oh it's nagini maybe she's the basilisk oh shit that would be even better she gets she gets there's a scene where she falls down a a pipe in hogwarts (laughs) (laughs) whoa whoopsie daisy um (laughs) I mean, that's the thing, right? Is that like we say it out loud and it sounds fucking stupid, but all of that stuff does. If I had told you before we saw this trailer that the Bogart scene was going to be repeated in this, like you wouldn't have believed me because, like, because why? why would you? Yeah, why would you put that in there? But they they, they did it, so that's going to be this whole movie. It's going to be it's going to be like just I remember that. I remember that. Like that that whole shot of the glove pointing at st george's cathedral or whatever like that's gonna be the whole movie they should just have that hand like on the screen pointing at like oh that's nagini and oh that's the bogart lesson and, and that's the mirror of said it's just like 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 a helpful little paper clip from microsoft word just telling you what all the references are yeah i mean this seems to be like this is this is um the ready player one of fucking harry potter <laughs> it's ready player one just for harry potter yeah it's exactly. just harry potter stuff and That's then you can so go good. to the theater and you see all the harry potter stuff that you know oh um, god I, I just i just don't understand why why put why do all the overmorning stuff and then have a scene of the boggart lesson from from fucking prisoner of azkaban i don't understand (laughs) it's just recycled um i guess i will just transition right into uh the pottermore article because this is the everything we noticed uh and the first one is dumbledore channels professor lupin at hogwarts which is the most baffling (laughs) way to interpret that backwards channeling which what (laughs) happened channeling what? future lupin how does wow. what okay sure yeah channeling so yeah dumbledore is channeling lupin from the future in this flashback scene from the prequel movie <laughs> totally thank you thank you pottermore i didn't notice that so even in this like the little description of this part uh we get this, which is in the Harry Potter books, we know that Albus Dumbledore used to teach transfiguration. Now we see him teaching defense against the dark arts. Was he subbing in? In an interview with Entertainment Weekly, Jude Law says Dumbledore wasn't teaching transfiguration, quote, at this stage. We know Dumbledore is a multi-talented guy, so he probably did both. 
God, fuck off. Uh, like, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I, they just want Dumbledore. They just want to recycle the damn Boggart scene and yeah, have it they, be Dumbledore. There's no, <laughs> it's the most transparent, like, yeah, I, okay. Yeah, you can't, you can't tell me that you just like naturally decided like, oh, what if Dumbledore had held a number of teaching positions? Like, like you clearly came up with the the like let's redo the bogart thing first and then slotted dumbledore into that like yeah come on which which may be for the worst reason possible which is god i i I can't i can't believe it it's it's just the worst um the second one is, is you know we are in sync with pottermore because it's it is the picture of johnny depp being levitated up the stairs in that like you know like <laughs> yeah. f- fucked up Weird. like he looks like he's dead and it says Grindelwald at large, at least for a bit. <laughs> he looks like he's Naruto running. He's got his arms out behind him, like Yeah, yeah. And he's just kind of like floating. It's very up the fashionable. Stairs. It is fashionable, and he's got that long hair that we saw at the end of the first Fantastic Beasts movie. So yeah, we're we noticed that. Um so we're we're We've got one of them. Um, the next one is just Grindelwald's speech, which, like, yeah, we noticed it. It was the whole <laughs> it's, trailer. It's the dialogue in the trailer. Of course, yeah, what? Yeah, so, so yeah, we definitely noticed that. Um, Do they have anything insightful to say about it, or did they just notice it? Uh, well, it quotes it. Um, and then says, a definitely not locked up anymore Grindelwald with shorter oh. hair this time delivers Ooh. a grand speech to who are presumably his followers. The speech touches on the themes we saw in the first Fantastic Beasts film with American wizards living in hiding from nomadges enforcing stricter rules than we've seen in Wizarding Europe. Which, I don't know about that. Um, hmm. Grindelwald tells his crowd that those ways quote serve us no longer which surely must mean one thing a rebellion oh a, a communications blockout can only mean one thing invasion <laughs> <laughs> um the next one is grindelwald having a vision um and after after this podcast i'm gonna need you to, to go on this article and probably post the picture to the twitter because it's like the screen cap of the part in the trailer where johnny depp is like at like a kind of a aerial view and he's having a vision but there's just like a a 50 transparent credence face over, <laughs> over the Thank picture you, pottermore yeah this is good um and so yeah like and at the end, it it says, we can also glimpse a moment in the trailer where Grindelwald sees a golden, ghostly form of Credence, dot, dot, dot. Does Credence <laughs> have something to do with it? <laughs> oh, fucking maybe. What do you think? If I, if I had to guess, yeah. Credence has something to do with Credence. Yep. I I I think so. Um, And, and this, this next one is... Who is the maledictus who I don't know if she is the lady that is maybe Nagini. Is it Claudia Kim? Maybe. Okay. I I don't remember that. I, I just, this, I just remember this coming up last time there was a trailer. I don't know if there's been like any new speculation on this. Okay. Well, this is our chance to do some theory crafting. Are you ready? Yeah. 
Yeah, let's do um, it. So, so the description for this, who is the maledictus? And it's it's the screen cap from the trailer of the lady walking with, with Credence. Actress Claudia Kim plays a character only known as the maledictus, which means someone carrying a blood curse and seems to be connected to Credence somehow, which, I mean, yeah, they're standing right next to each other. I think she's also <laughs> the one that's like uh, making him like control his obscurus powers. Mm-hmm. Um, in this trailer, we see them strolling along, looking shady at any rate. Let's also bear in mind that Credence is seen looking at circus posters, and we already know that the Maledictus is one of the circus's big attractions. Okay, yes, yes, this is the character. Okay. Uh, yeah, this is the one that everyone thinks might be might be Nagini. Um, uh, what if the blood curse just turns you into a big snake? That seems that's kind uh, of a I curse, hate right? That. Yeah, it is a curse. Um, uh, so yeah, probably, probably, um, I don't know. I feel like there'd be, there'd be worse things, worse things to be cursed with, right? Like being a snake, a giant snake sounds kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm behind that theory. Yep. It's Nagini. Cause everything has to be related somehow. New character. Nope. It's, it's this old character. We already knew that is, is the snake. Um, Regulus Black is Crookshanks. Cause Nothing matters and everyone is connected. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, our next one is New Beasts and it's just the screen cap of those horrible cats. So we're on the same page as Pottermore. Uh, we don't know what those cats are. What? Oh, they don't have anything? No. Um, it actually asks any budding magizoologists magi- out there know what these could be? Which is just really very funny coming from the official... Yeah. the official channel like, you'd know i think pottermore maybe it's a secret keep the secret can you explain where their eyes look like weird the eyes look like that scene in the dark night where batman's face looks all fucked up because he's got the sonar <laughs> goggles on <laughs> yeah yeah so so we noticed those um i guess let's see this is my favorite one and you mentioned this, so I guess we did technically notice this, but this is maybe the funniest thing I've ever read on Pottermore. And it's the, I mean, in the trailer, it's there for like a second and it's the hand pointing uh, at St. Paul's Cathedral. And it's, we've got to hand it to him, dot, dot, dot. And the description is another new nifty bit of magic we haven't seen before. A disembodied gloved hand pointing at St. <laughs> Paul's Cathedral. Uh, this is the kind of magic that I love the most because i it's just like the Wadi Wasi spell, which is like an extremely specific thing. And I just, I just want to believe that this is the disembodied gloved hand pointing at St. Paul's Cathedral spell. Because is it? Is that spell going to be anything other than, like, a magic GPS? Like, it's it's going to be, like, the mini-map thing from, like, GTA, wherever no, you, like... No, it, it, can, it can only point at St. Paul's Cathedral. It doesn't matter where you are. Um, <laughs> if you need to know where, which cardinal direction St. Paul's Cathedral is in, this is the spell to use. Um, this, is, uh, this is an advanced, advanced level spell. Check it out. There's the big cathedral over there. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's some that's some advanced shit. I, I have no idea how Dumbledore managed to pull that one off, especially because he is the uh, he's not the transfiguration teacher, so he couldn't even turn anything into a glove, you know, like, sure. Like, yeah, he hasn't learned that yet, probably. So Dumbledore, what are you hiding? <laughs> well, he's got his secrets. Um, that's true. 
Another one that we actually didn't touch on, so I guess we didn't notice, is that uh, Lita's in this trailer. Oh, that's who that is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Does she like to read? She. (laughs) She's the one that gets the line. uh, Newt. uh, He never met a monster he couldn't love. Which that's just Hagrid. Like Newt is just small Hagrid. Well, I'm. I don't. I don't. I'm pleased to pleased to announce that you. Um, you must love Pottermore because this this article says <laughs> oh, no. he never met a monster he couldn't love. Hagrid much? Oh, fuck off, really? <laughs> no way. Oh. Also, Why, it this goes article... Like- why is this article like making all of my criticisms for me like like in but like in a positive tone I, it's so That's weird what Pottermore is for it also goes on to say so is lita talking about herself or one of newt's fantastic beasts here um thank you for explaining that line to us like yeah is that not extremely obvious yeah wow the line might be a double entendre thank you Pottermore. Yeah. So thank um, you. I, she doesn't I, like to read. That's what she she's because he's like, oh, did you read me book I, that I sent you? And she goes, no, I'm a monster. No, I put I'm it in monster. the trash. Yeah. I put um, the book in the trash where it belongs because you so, have a new girlfriend now. So that'll be a good scene. I think my other um, prediction scene for this one, uh, my new one is that Lita is going to have a scene with Tina where she says like I'm a monster um but you like you Newt should be with you or whatever they're gonna have like a moment um (laughs) okay that's not what I thought you were going I thought you were gonna say like I might be a monster but you're just a bitch or something like that well (laughs) yeah I mean it could go that's that's JK's like Mm, I could see that right now. Like that's the that's the applause line in the theater. Like, like yeah, everyone everyone's hooting and and hollering. But I think that I think that they want us to like Tina. So I don't know. That's true. That's true. Know. Yeah. For some reason, they want us to like Tina, who's just awful. Yeah. So um. So I I think it's gonna be like a like Lita is going to tell Tina that like you're good for Newt, but I'm. I'm just the worst. And then maybe she'll die also. I think Lita's going to die in this movie. That's my other official prediction. I will point out just two more on this list because all the other ones are just like, the the rest of them are all just like complete, like here are things we noticed and they're just like the Deathly Hallows symbol is one of them. Oh, We noticed Ooh. the Elder Wand is in it. Um, oh my. <laughs> Nicholas Flamel is in it. Uh, oh, so you it's mean the l- guy who gets the really long scene at the end that's really cringeworthy? I didn't notice that guy. I was too busy <laughs> Too busy falling screaming. asleep. But but other than that, yeah, it's, it's just like a list. Like, Credence is back. And that's all, that's all of it. So that's those are all the Harry Potter things we noticed in this um, Ready Player One um, edition of Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. Thank so then, you, Pottermore. So I think we can move on to some some uh, new predictions now that we're a little bit more. Uh, we know more. We've seen the trailer. Yeah, the full the full trailer. OK. Uh, boy, what a show this like like uh, this this has been a a fantastic beasts and harry potter like like insult sandwich uh where we we have a delicious patty of of 
Prisoner of Azkaban reading in the middle, but the pieces of bread are just garbage. Just, <laughs> just, just a really nice burger that we cooked, but we had ran out of buns, and so we had to put Wonder Bread as a bun. Uh, and that's and that's how and that's we're, the we're cast. That's the street cast. <laughs> <laughs> Our theme music is Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon. You can check them out on Bandcamp. Thanks to uh so much to them for letting us use that as our theme song uh you can always email us at shriekcast at gmail.com if you have any burning questions or confessions you would like us to read on the air uh you can also subscribe to us on patreon uh we have two bonus episodes one of them is fantastic beasts uh the first movie if you want to hear us discuss that in depth and we have a new one coming soon so stay tuned for that uh and liz what are we reading next week uh next week we are reading uh chapter nine which is called grim defeat and then we are also reading chapter 10 which is called the the marauder's map (laughs) i can't wait it's really easy to to give this advice when when you're reading chamber of secrets but it's a lot harder while i'm reading prisoner of azkaban but i will say it anyway please read another book please read another book deep in london's beating heart lies a wall a lock don't be if you know the call for if the wall steps aside be not afraid of what you see because the wizard world is opened up as has the griffin's dream